In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Morning, Cleveland. I'm glad to hear from y'all. I'm glad to speak with everybody up in Cleveland, Ohio. Excellent. Thank you very much. This is an absolute world record. We've got six people, no, nine people on the podcast, and anything could happen on this podcast. Jack is sweating. Jack, how are you? I'm good. Yeah? Is that all you've got to say, Jack? It's all good, yeah? I'll tell you in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, once we know what on earth is going to happen, how I'm feeling. But uh, at the minute... I'm feeling positive. Well, Jim, do you want to start with an introduction, please? My name is Jim Price. I'm from Borman, Ohio. I've been a lifelong Browns fan, and I'm here for some fun. And you're wearing a uh, Kitchens uh, dog pile. I am. I am. Recently purchased. Just got it the other day, and they went on sale two hours after I bought it. <laughs> you're obviously a trendsetter, because when, when you buy things, they go on the sale. I um, know that. Uh, Demos. Yes. Do you want to get an intro? That's right. Hi, I'm Demos Iwanu. I'm originally from Warren, Ohio. Uh, I now live in Shaker Heights, and I'm a season ticket holder. I have been since 2000, and I am thrilled to be on this show here and uh, hopefully getting uh, all, the, uh, all our English fans pumped up. We've actually got 85% of our fans are actually in America, so uh, the okay. uh, U- U.S. is our big fan base. And in the middle... We've got Brad, who's currently in jail in Tampa, if I'm correct. Hello there. No, I'm not quite uh, incarcerated. Durango, you did the opening scene. Sorry. Uh, where about you, Bates? <laughs> I'm originally from Canton, Ohio. I'm a, life- <laughs> I'm a lifelong Browns fan. <laughs> Look, I'm in the throwback, Gordon. I'm glad to be here with all you guys, man. It's a fantastic show. I've been listening to your podcast now most recently, and I've uh, been paying attention to what you're doing, so I'm proud to be here with you guys. Now, awesome. Thank you very much. Sean? You're down in sunny Florida? Yes, sir. Hey, guys. My name is Sean Jacobs. I was born and raised on the east side of Cleveland, Ohio. So I've been down in Florida, though, for the last seven years. So, But uh, shout out to the Garfield Heights Brownsbackers and the Clearwater Beach Brownsbackers and West Palm Beach Brownsbackers. Awesome. Thanks a lot for that, Sean. Mike? Hey, guys. My name's Mike. I'm from England. I've been a Browns fan for about 15 years. I'm delighted to be on the show. I'm, I'm, buzzing, I'm buzzing for this one. Excellent. And uh, one of my uh, great f- uh, friends, Adam... From the Muni lot, how are you, Adam? Well, uh, I'm Adam. I'm originally from Akron, Ohio. Now I live in downtown Cleveland. Uh, I got the pleasure of tailgating with Paul for three games last year. Uh, but like Paul said, we're in the Muni lot every Sunday for every home game. And I kind of have a little modified jersey on here. Uh, because I'm from Akron, we got a LeBron 23 jersey. Oh. Oh. All right, guys, let's go straight into questions. Jim, who have you got a question for? Paul or Jack? My question would be, Jack, uh, free agency, draft, how would you address the D-line? First thing I'm doing is getting a big wheelbarrow full of money, about 45 to 50 million in it, and I'm driving it straight over to New England, giving it to Trey Flowers and bringing him here. That is the number one thing we've got to do. Get Trey Flowers opposite Miles Garrett. After that, we need to get something on the interior. I'm looking second or third round, bring in a three-tech, pick up um, Darius Phylon or someone like that who's good, 
but not elite to come in and sort of give some competition there for the three tech as well. Get some big fat man um, on a million to come play five snap. Obvious run plays. They'll only play about five snaps, so you don't need to invest much. Just get some basement free agent. And then um, I'd move Avery to be a pure defensive end. Literally only an injury cover to play linebacker. He's not great in coverage. I focus on him playing in the pass rush. So um, that'd be my setup. I think we've got some fantastic depth that way. Excellent. Jim, you got another question? What about Ogba? He's got one more year here, so use him as a rotational piece. Um, probably your third um, defensive end. Um, and Because we need to definitely reduce the amount of snaps people are playing. Miles Garrett's production was down because he played too many snaps last year. So drop that down. We don't want anyone playing over two-thirds of the snaps because then you boost production and you get much better um, results all the way to the end of the game. Jack, is that uh, is are your observations here based on strictly – your observations, or, or do you follow it in an analytic way? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> it's a mixture of both. Um, Trey Flowers has obviously been one of the most productive and highly rated pass rushers this season. Um, New England don't have a habit of paying a lot of money to pass rushers, so I think he hits the market. Um, looking at what a lot of the um, salary cap crowd have said, about $15 million is what you're looking at. Um, <clears throat> stopping the uh, run isn't important as much in the modern game so as long as you can do it for the odd snap you're okay but um you can definitely get a really good three tech in the second and third round the draft community's fully on board with that demos any more questions yeah I, i'm curious about just the whole uh, uh british fandom of the browns are the browns uh, uh i mean are there a lot of nfl backers clubs is cleveland preeminent and how do you how, how did you guys get into it i'm curious just on the overall because when you popped up on twitter a few months ago I was like, oh, this is so cool. And now I see how, how involved you are. It's, it's great. I mean, it's really exciting. In, in the UK, the NFL is uh, really big. It's not our primary sport, but we, we watch it on TV normally on a Sunday. Like in London, there's 32 different teams supported. So when you walk around town, you'll see a Falcons hat, you'll see a Steelers hat, you'll see a Browns hat. So that you may hear that Jags is our local team and there may be a slightly more Jags fans. But the whole of London is quite equally divided up by 32 teams. In the United States, the Browns backers are known to be kind of like the most pervasive fan group. And so, you know, if we could get that going uh, in in England, that would be awesome. Yeah, if I'm correct, and Kelly, our president, will tell me more information. But I think we're up to like 25 years of having a, a Browns backers here in London in the UK. And we've got about 500 to 1,000 fans. Jack? I think the big rise you see of teams in the UK is sort of the successful teams that year people are getting involved in the sport. So there's been a big boost, obviously, um, the year the Panthers were doing well. You get lots of Panthers fans. And there's sort of that trend. So in the next two, three years, when you're going to see Browns making playoff runs, people in their first season, when they're looking at all the teams going, who do I support? You're going to see a lot more Browns fans come in. But there's already a solid community there. But you see it in that wave of when fans get interested in the sport, they're looking to the successful teams because it's the first season they've ever watched people or players. And they're generally, you'll get a lot more fans of those more successful teams. Brad, you had a question? Uh, yes, I did. I believe on a previous podcast, you said NFL Europe had a, a great deal influencing London and Europe. Uh, what's your, your opinion on that? And what 
team do you think from America is going to come over, perhaps like Jacksonville? Uh, Jaguar Jackson, basically, they share the same office as NFL UK. Uh, obviously, with the links of the Fulham Football Club and the Fulham Football Club trying to buy Wembley, there's been obviously the Jags have been heavily linked to uh, London. However, my view is I, I feel if there was eight games in London, we wouldn't fill the stadiums. Now, Jack may disagree with that. Go I on. think you, you'll sell it out easy because, say, the Browns come over, you're going to get Browns fans come from the US, there'll be Browns fans in the UK, there'll be fans that just want to go see their team for the first time. And as the sport grows in the UK, um, I think it will be the Jaguars if there's going to be one team move over. They're going to be based probably on the East Coast, have a training base there, and they'll fly over, play, say, two games in the UK, two games around America, then two games in the UK, and it will bounce between the two. But um, I, I think you'd easily um, sell out tickets for a franchise over here because people, when they're following UK sport, are used to 20 home games a season. So to find out there's only eight, that'll go like hotcakes. Um, okay. Get fans, and it, it's not that many when you're looking at it. Won't probably be at Wembley, it'll probably be at Spurs. So, 61,000 tickets, UK fans, and lots of fans fly in from Germany to come over for the games. So, uh, they'll sell out really easy. Adam, you've got a question. Yeah, I got a question for Jack. Uh, next year, are you uh, planning a trip over? And the second follow up to that, any chance you're gonna drink as much as my boy Paul Brown did before the Baltimore game? <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I've never seen so many shots taken in about a two-hour span in my entire life. What kind of shots? Uh, it was an open bar that we were at. The Baltimore Browns backers put it on. They did a really good job. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we drove from Cleveland to Baltimore for the game. We met up with them, and uh, I couldn't keep track of how many different kinds of shots that Mr. Brown <laughs> So, at the minute, we're looking at trying to pair the a home game with the Patriots away game. So, hopefully, we'll do a 10-day journey out there and get both in. Obviously, it's going to depend when the fixtures come out. But I'll definitely be out there for something. What it is, we don't know yet. I'm hoping to do um, a proper trip around America and get two games in. Um, will I drink more shots than Paul? No, because I, I just don't. I'm not a shots drinker. Because you're, res- you're responsible. No, no, no. When it comes to points, I drink him under the table. But I'm, I'm not going toe-to-toe on shots with him. I'm leaving the shots to him. I'll stick with the points, and we're happy that way. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Paul really remembers anything after the video of him riding around in an Uber with his head out the window screaming obscenities in Baltimore. Uh, Durango, you got a question? Yeah, I wanted to pick up where we left off at talking about the Kareem Hunt issue. Um, and that's only because, I mean, I know how explosive the guy really is. If, if he's given a second chance, what do you think is his production? What do you think is his worth? if he was actually pursued and what is his worth coming to the Browns, if that's an actual uh, situation considering uh, Dorsey's relationship with the Chiefs and what they had before he left? Um, I think um, he's probably going to look for a team where he can be the featured back. Um, and there will be teams that take opportunities on him. Look at Tyreek Hill um, is a character I would never want on my team, but Dorsey laps up those characters. So I think Dorsey would have no issue with signing Hunt. I just think with Chubb here, I don't think he can manage to bring the two in. I think he goes to a team where he starts and he's a feature back. But it wouldn't surprise me if we looked to trade off Duke Johnson, if we could get Kareem Hunt in, um, because Dorsey just sees these character issues and he doesn't see a troubled individual. He just sees um, value. Jack, can I jump in? Because there was videotape, like Ray Rice, that the NFL has a much tougher time with their whole PR machine 
in making you know the case for allowing him back in and and look let's i'll be really real on this one the nfl cares more about dogs than they do about women when you look at like michael vick and so you know it's entirely possible he'll be back but i think the video really hurt him i know he's a dynamic player but uh I think we're pretty well set at that position from a Cleveland Browns standpoint. Um, I just don't know if it would be worth the uh, firestorm that would come with it, even though he is, you know, a local kid and that would be a great story that would come back in his hometown and play for his team. But boy, I mean, we're, like I said, we got Nick Chubb, we got Duke Johnson, um, probably not on his level admittedly, but I think there are other areas of the team that we could focus that kind of, uh, you know, uh, player uh, acquirement on. And uh, like I said, the negative pub, it, I mean, this team doesn't need that right now, man. I mean, we're trying to get this thing back on its feet as it is and just clean house and keep negative vibes and bad stories away from this team. You have a question, Mike? You've had the Mary Kay comments in regards to uh, Kevin, Kevin Zeitler maybe being traded to get Austin Corbett more on the field. What's, what's your opinions in regards to that? Yeah, so it's absolute nonsense. It's never going to happen. Um, 7.2 million is what we'd have to lose in dead cap to move on Zeitler. The, the theory of it, I've got no issue with. So if you can move on a player and you've got a rookie who can potentially produce to 90% of that level, I don't mind moving on a player that is getting, say, over 10 million um, and you get, say, a second or third round pick and then you're putting out a player there that is about 90% of that level whether they behind the scenes think he's at that level. And we really don't know where Corbett is because, yeah, he didn't play a snap, but Patrick Mahomes didn't play a snap because Alex Smith was ahead of him. And you've got two all-pro level guards, which Corbett was behind. So it's not easy to push them out. It's not going to happen in this case because you're not going to sit there and burn 7.2 million unless you're getting a first and no one's going to give a first for Zeitler. The case is just silly and people trying to make comments to get headlines rather than actually logically thinking about what's going on. But the theory of it is solid. Jim, you've got a point? I just want everybody to understand who originated that thing, and that's uh, Mary Kay Cabot. But Mary Kay's reporting abilities have suffered a little bit because John Dorsey and his crew do not let leaks go through like past regimes. And so when Mary Kay says something these days, it's more what she thinks, not what someone has fed her. You've got like me and Mr. Pumpkinhead to do be positive. Mary Kay needs to <laughs> what I would love is Aditi Tinkawala. I've, I've probably got that name wrong, but she is a fantastic journalist. I'd love her to Absolutely. be Absolutely. to the Browns because she gives incredibly good insight. Uh, Durango, your question? What about pursuing, um, I'm sorry, Vaughn uh, Miller? Um, uh, and what's the, what, what's the guy? Uh, I think it's his, he just got back, Lawrence from Dallas. Demarcus Lawrence. So Von Miller won't happen because they're not going to trade him. Um, we can throw a book at him, right? I mean, as far as money, uh, as far as picks. If you want to throw two first round picks, two second round picks, two third round picks, and an elite player, you, yeah, you might start a conversation. But if you're going to give up that level of stuff, you, you're just burning your franchise. They're not going to give him away. Um, they're not you just it's like if a team came knocking and said we want to trade for miles garrett we're not going to even open that dialogue oh, no, no way. Um, and von miller's the same thing to them they're just not going to give him up those two are guys are friends those two guys are friends yeah yeah but uh, yeah. that is a, a cornerstone piece of a team that yeah. you just don't move on um i could easily see um lawrence potentially hit the market i think dallas try find a way to get that deal done 
Um, but they do have a lot of deals that they need to get done in the next two years. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think he's slightly too expensive. I think he's going to be nearer the 18, 20 um, mark. I would much rather go the 14, 15 mark Trey Flowers. I just think he's a slightly better player as well. We're just looking at something there for the, for the defense to stop the run. I mean, we got the ball ran down our throat last year and it was a disgusting sight at one point. So I just was figuring out a few pieces of the puzzle as far as defense goes. I think linebacker is the key place we need to address um, to stop that um, getting run on as easy. Um, I, th- I think we definitely – tackling was poor last year um, all the way through the season. It, it didn't really change. Um, and I think if we can address the tackling problem that we've got, and I don't know if it's pure coaching or it's players, who knows what the problem is, but something isn't right there. And if we can get that right, I think it'll have a big knock-on effect. Uh, Mike, you got a question? Yeah, do you reckon the Browns were looking to trade for Gerald McCoy from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I think they might potentially go and try trade for him. Um, it'll only be something like a sixth because I don't think there's going to be anyone really out there willing to pay him 13 million. Um, so there's two options really on the table. If he get, he's either going to get trade in and have an agreed deal, which will take his salary down and he'll get some um, agreed money in there, or he'll hit free agency and then he'll take a smaller deal. Um, he's not worth 13 million. Um, and I think he'd want some guaranteed money um, rather than moving somewhere and potentially being gone by the end of training camp. Brad, you had a question? Well, it's more of a response, and thank you for letting me have a response about uh, Gerald McCoy living in Tampa. I follow you know, quite a lot of the media and podcasts, and people are saying he's willing to take a pay cut to stay here. Uh, you got to remember he has uh, two little kids, a wife, you know, fairly new home. He doesn't want to leave Tampa, but yet his production is not showing, as you said, to be $13 million a year. Oh, no, I definitely agree. And um, there's obviously other advantages as um, income tax things that means mm-hmm. the same money you get in different states isn't the same money you actually get in your bank. So, um, no, I think he would love to do a deal to stay in Tampa. Whether that deal can get done, I'm not sure. It's obviously going to depend on what um, Arians wants. Um, because he'll come in and have a factor in that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they'll try to get that deal done. I think he's going to have come down. It might be the case of he gets cut, he looks around the market, and then he might come back to Tampa. Um, okay. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what comes of uh, Gerald McCoy. But he's leaving on good terms between him and the team. Sure. You haven't asked a question yet. What would you rather have them address in free agency, the offensive side of the ball or defensive side of the ball? And from what I understand, isn't – wasn't Ndamukong Sue from the Rams on a one-year deal? Mike, you want, you want to answer that? Yeah, I'd definitely be looking to address the uh, defensive line in free agency. I think that's the Browns' biggest need at the moment. It would be definitely defensive line. Mike, would you take a, anyone in the offense in the first uh, three rounds? Maybe a tight end, maybe. Pete Smith's gone with a tight end in the first round. Have you seen that, Jack? Yeah, I know. I, I, it's an option. It's, it's quite hard to work out what's going to happen in the draft with free agency coming first. Um, I think there's, we're not too bad. Um, it depends who comes back. If we bring back our two wide receiver free agents, I think that puts us in a solid position. Still don't know if Perryman's going to come back. Higgins looks like a done deal, whether it's a tender or a long-term deal. Robinson, obviously, will they look to sign him up or will they look to move on is a question we don't really know the answer to. I, I think at, since... The last half of the season, their eight games when Freddie Kitchens was in, we had the second best offense in the NFL. And I understand there needs to be improvement in that, but I think it can be done through drafting sort of a tight end, a wide receiver, a tackle, because 
they're not really none of them options are available in a free agency whereas if I look at the other side of the ball I see pieces I can address in free agency Sue is available probably 15 17 million is probably going to get that done he's just going to go to the highest paying playoff team um, so we, we will be in that hunt um, will we want to give him that money I don't think we will um, there's options at defensive end. There's options at D-tackle. There's options at linebacker. There's not much in the cornerback class. There's a few, but there's probably people you can grab in the draft. So I think free agency, you're more going to see stuff on the defense, but that doesn't mean we won't address the uh, offense in the draft. You usually ask what body part would you be willing to give up the Browns to go to the Super Bowl? My yeah. question to you is how much money would you be willing to spend to attend the Browns Super Bowl game? The, the pro, if I'm, I've done a bit of research on this, and if I'm correct, it's a Super Bowl ticket. If you want to go, is going to cost you about two thousand dollars. Is that fair? Yeah, two or three thousand. I would struggle to justify going over three thousand for a couple hours of a sporting event, but put a gun to my head, and I may go for four thousand. That, that include your Uber. <laughs> That doesn't include the Uber, Jim. I got $1,200 worth of OG's uh, Jordans upstairs. I can sell them on eBay real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Standing room? Uh, chime in on that because uh, in Cleveland, we were uh, painfully reminded a couple of years ago what it was like when fans from another city want to go to see you know, a, a baseball game here when the Chicago Cubs fans swamped the uh, progressive field. And I, I, this year, I looked up tickets for the Super Bowl. There, a pair for cheap tickets was $2,700. And I, I'm wondering if the Browns go, if the demand doesn't go way, way up. Because it wasn't that exciting for a, a New England fan to go see another Super Bowl. The Rams, they don't care. They're, I think their TV ratings are 20th in the country. So I, I would think that, that for a Cleveland fan to want to go to that, 3000 a ticket would be minimum. Right. Sean, what have you got there? You guys think the Browns should use a late pick on a kicker? Grab, grab two or three UDFAs, bring them in, and let them battle it out. Um, I would rather just bring a load in from college. I wouldn't even use the pick. Um, I think from the choice of what you get there in, say, round six versus what's going to be a free agent, bring three in. Um, let them battle it out and by all means if one's not looking good for after one week cut him and just keep scrolling through him while we've got a really good punter I'm quite happy to just cycle through kickers and if he goes to a bad game cut him and just bring in another one It'd be ruthless with it um, keep him with really low guarantees even the best kickers this year were bottling it so there is no point paying a kicker some of these teams have paid a kicker four or five million in guarantees and now they're looking to cut them um, it's not a good place to be in. No one wants that sort of dead cap. Mike, you got a point? Yeah, in regards to the kicker, you've obviously heard the news today that Mike, Matt Bryant got cut by the Falcons. Do you reckon the Browns could look into that move at all? I, th I think everything's on the table at the moment with the Browns. No one really quite knows what um, might happen in that. So it might be something they're looking to. I wouldn't be happy to pay a kicker four to five million, even however good he is, because you just don't know what his future is going to be. He's quite old as well. Jim, you had a point? Can anybody attribute to the the lack of consistency? Is this because of moving the the extra point back, or or field goal rates are down? I I, I don't get it. I've got no idea what's causing. It. Obviously, yeah, moving the distance back will affect uh, 
then, but even normal kicks, there's, I think you get, I don't know if you have, but it seems like there's been a lot more close games this year where that kicker has made the difference or not. But in all honesty, if you spend the money elsewhere and you win, like um, teams like the Kansas City Chiefs did, it didn't matter what happened to the kicker because you're already 10, 15 points up. So um, just rack up the points, stop taking field goals, go for it more from fourth down and short, and then uh, take your kicker out of the game. There's so many times where teams have got kicks, but if they went for fourth and one, which they're more likely to get, they can just drive towards getting a touchdown. And I'd rather have seven points than three every time. Sean, just to finish up. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, Stephen Guskowski from the New England Patriots is going to be a free agent. Uh, Jack, do you want to finish up, mate? Thank you all for coming on. Um, Paul's done a really, really good show. Um, I did think this was a mad idea, but uh, it's definitely something that I think we can bring back each month um, and get you guys and other fans on more often to have a really good chat. Thanks a lot, guys. And um, uh, Jack, what else is going on this week? So um, we've got a couple of shows. So our next show, um, Paul will be traveling somewhere around the world. Then we've got um, our... uh, Paul and Jack's show on Sunday. Um, Monday, we've got another history show. Tuesday, we've got a great guest in the pipeline, but we're not going to reveal it just yet. Check back on Sunday and I'll tell you who it is. But um, no, some exciting stuff going on. We're now on Spotify, which is a new addition. So if you find it easy to listen on Spotify or you've got another friend that only uses Spotify, check that out. Um, but no, five-star rating, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, just come have fun, guys. That's what it's all about. It's our show. It's your show. It's about building a community that is a really fun part to be um, involved in. our record where, where are we leaving this at where's our record 11 and oh, five. yeah that's right What's uh, up? Jim, go on and shoot through quickly straight to the point uh, i'm going i'm going 11 and five demos 11 four and one <laughs> jack i'm already on the record 11 and five brad going 10 and six first in the afc wild card playoff durango 11 and five baby sean uh, ten and six champions of the AFC North. Hey, Mike. Eleven and five into the beat, beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Adam. Ten and six. Bloody hell! I'm the most pessimistic, boring guy. I'm going uh, <laughs> nine and seven. Sorry, guys. Ooh.